Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Well, hello there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette. I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com, and sitting across from me, as always, or at least for the last three years or so, senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Really? Yeah. I think you need to go park your Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Next to the ad at. Uh, so today we are going to do our yearly exercise in futility and pain, which is our predictions for what is going to happen in the year following. And this being the year of 2011, we're looking ahead to 2012 and wondering how wrong we can be. Actually, you know, our predictions for 2011 ended up being more right than not. As I recall, you got a Sega Dreamcast score, and I got a Whirlpool Tub. Yes, so which those, was much better than my score for the year previous. Yeah, I I see that those are both perfectly cromulent scores. So we've um, we've done really well. Uh, whether or not we will do as well for this coming year remains to be seen. Yeah, if if you are a a long term fan, especially, you know that we do this every year, or at least I've tried to do this for the last two years, uh, and. Uh, also, you probably listened to our recap of 2011, which ended up being epic because all the stuff we predicted was merely the tip of the iceberg. We had so much incredible tech news that we never would have predicted. People like Steve Jobs leaving us yeah. and uh, the uh, release of Google Plus. Earthquake in Japan. The earthquake in Japan. Um, yeah. All, the, all these things are things that we never would have guessed would happen uh, when they did. So um, – Although my first my first yeah, prediction does kind of fall into that category. Oh, really? Yeah, stuff that we really, you know, I mean, all indicators point to this. It's just that we can't know right now exactly how big an impact it's going to make. But mine, my first prediction is all about economic uncertainty. 
So I was uncertain whether you were going to do that or not. Economic markets around the world are in trouble, right? Right. Now you've got you've got the situation in Greece, which pretty much went about as bad as it possibly can. Right. Uh, you have other situations in Italy. There, there's a lot of concern that the European market is in major. Uh, uh, there's a major risk that it could it could falter and fall apart. Then there's the worry about how that fallout would affect the rest of the world. So perhaps the United States, which already seems to be kind of in its own funk economically speaking could follow suit. There's a lot of worry about what this could mean. And frankly, no matter how it turns out, whether it ends up just being a small blip or a massive catastrophe, it's going to affect technology because, you know, technology runs on not just electricity, but money. Mm-hmm. And as the this situation gets more and more complex and uncertain, uh, I think we're going to see that kind of effect the moves that companies are going to make in the technology space. And that might mean that, uh, we'll see, we may see some companies go under, you know, companies that are kind of on the brink already, uh, might, might disappear or become acquired for a song, uh, because this, of this environment. Uh, we might see some scale back. Uh, we could see that scale back coming in the form of fewer products being released or perhaps even layoffs or, restructuring uh i really think that because the there is such uncertainty that we're going to see a lot of stories that in some way or another relate back to that mm-hmm. uh, i know that's not a very specific it's kind of a gimme prediction it's not really a specific prediction but uh that's one of the reasons why some of the other predictions i've made or thought about uh, are really tenuous because this economic situation is so serious and so unpredictable that a lot of them could hinge on it going one way versus another. Mm-hmm. So that's also me covering my butt for uh, some of my other p- predictions I'll be making. All right. Well, I didn't write these down in an order necessarily that I, I um, want to release them. So yeah. I think I think yeah. uh, I'm basing mine on that. Uh, I think uh, one of the first things that happened, and it could very well happen by the end of the year, is that Yahoo will get purchased by someone else. Um, there, there's already talk uh, right now as of now. We're, we didn't mention when we're recording this. We're recording this in uh, at the very end of the first week in December, or partial week actually. Yeah. It's the second. It's December um, second. So, and, and this has already been in the news uh, that so, the Chinese firm Alibaba might pick right. them up. Some of these predictions may end up being. Yeah. Uh, Predictions for the last month of December or uh, 2011 rather than uh, than for 2012, because we frankly don't know how that's going to turn out. Uh, I have a similar prediction to that, saying that Yahoo will uh, either get sold or will break up into various pieces that get gobbled up by different companies. Okay, there are a lot of different properties in Yahoo that I think uh, still have value. Things like and also would make a big impact if they were to go away, like Yahoo Mail. Mm-hmm, that would mm-hmm. be pretty catastrophic if yeah, that went away. I agree. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think that something's Yahoo. If Yahoo gets bought by Alibaba, that could mean some pretty big changes down the line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, th- this I think the 2012 would be the last year for Yahoo as the company that we we know now. It may be that whoever buys Yahoo, if that does indeed happen tries to keep it as its own separate identity, but it's going to be a different animal. Right, right. Um, another financial-related one, I think the AT&T and T-Mobile uh, USA merger is destined to fail. Um, again, this is a, a low-hanging fruit. Yeah, I have some uh, some gimmies, and I'm uh, based on everything that's come out in the news in the last uh, month or so, really the last two weeks, um, a lot of people are concerned about the competition problems that will cause here in the United States. And um, I just don't think it's going to go. Yeah. If it does happen, it's going to be such a dramatic uh, departure from the original deal that it's going to look like something different anyway. Like right now, AT&T is, is suggesting it would sell off a, a large amount of T-Mobile's assets to other companies in order to avoid this uh Antitrust issue. Yeah. But um, whether or not that will be enough for that deal to actually go through uh, remains to be seen. I'm I'm skeptical as well. Yeah. Now, um, 
I, I want to point out that one of the things they're talking about is uh, a joint venture between the two if, if the merger fails. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not counting that as uh, the merger going through. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm being literal when I say that. Well, and, you know, this is another time to point out that uh, that if it weren't for other political issues that are going on right now, mm-hmm. uh, this merger might not have been such a big red flag. Mm-hmm. Now, it was a red flag for everyone in the tech industry who was worried that uh, the number one or number two and number four carriers joining together could end up uh, really reducing innovation and causing a reduction in, in competition and, and just be bad for consumers overall. But now we also have political movements like the Occupy movement, mm-hmm. uh, which are bringing more attention to the way governments treat companies versus the way they treat individual citizens. And I think that kind of focus has also really hurt the chances for that merger going through because yeah. now everyone's feeling much more cautious about this because the uproar is getting louder and louder. Um, uh, I'll, let me do one because yeah. I've just commented on two of yours. Um, how about the uh, RIM is going to undergo an executive shuffle. Oh yeah. So yeah, I agree with you there. I think I think at some point in 2012 we're going to see a shakeup in Rim's executive ranks. Whether or not this finally means we'll get down to one CEO for Rim as opposed to the co-CEOs, I don't know, but I think that shareholders are going to demand, you know, Rim has had a couple of of 2011 was a tough year for REM. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if they don't do something dramatic at the organizational level, uh, shareholders are not going to continue supporting the company because it's, they're going to be worried about the, the decisions being made there. So I expect that sometime in 2012, we're going to see a big shakeup in the uh, executive structure. Okay. The All right. Um, I made considerably more predictions this year than I did last year. So do you okay. do you, how do you want to go again or you want me no, to go? No, no, you go ahead. Okay. All right. Um other financial stuff. This is this is another gimme. Uh although we've been talking about it for years, I think Facebook is finally ready to have an initial public offering of stock. I agree and with I, that. And I think it's really going to happen this time. I also think that they're going to hit 1 billion users before the end of 2012, which is really? kind of a gimme. Well, they're at 800 million now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I think they'll hit a billion users before the end of the year and also yeah, I think they will go public. So I think they're going to get that was it ten billion that they're hoping for with the initial public offering? I think it's more than that. Uh, they're valued at a hundred billion. Uh, I think it's a ten billion IPO. That they, at least that was the most recent rumor I read. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to happen too. I agree. Um, here's okay. I have a crazy one. This is one that I think I don't. I don't think this is really going to happen. Mm-hmm. I really don't think it's going to happen. But I wanted to have a crazy prediction. Okay, that's fine. So here's my crazy prediction: Google. Purchases Twitter. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because Twitter, I mean, really, Twitter has been sticking around for ages and ages and ages. And it, uh, somewhat defiantly, because even now, even where it has its limited, uh, advertisement model and, and I just can't imagine it's pulling in the revenue it needs to be a really viable business, right? Yeah. I mean, it's mostly still existing. Uh, or it's it, it's been it's traditionally it's it's existed upon venture capitalists investing money into the company, and I think uh, you know you can only keep that up for so long before people just lose faith and they won't pour money into it, no matter how important that service is. I think Google is the company that would, just like Google did with YouTube, I think Google would would take up the, uh, Twitter in that sense too, and also mm-hmm. say like, now we can treat you just like we did Jaiku. <laughs> so every in like in like in like a year it'll be gone. But no, I think that that's my crazy prediction. And again, I don't really believe it, but I wanted to predict it. Okay. All right. It's funny because I, I keep looking for segues and I keep seeing multiple segues that I could take. I think I'll stick with the uh, the Google thing. Uh, I thought you were gonna make a prediction about segues. No, not <laughs> no actual segues, not the segue. Oh, okay. Um I I'm Although people have been predicting its demise, I don't think it's, I think it's crazy to predict that Google Plus will, will just die. I think Google Plus will slowly increase its user base over the course of 2012. Okay. And, uh. So but, modest gains. Yeah, I think it, well, it's funny because, uh, once people got let in, uh, and 
they started not using it in droves, I think people really haven't given it uh, as much of a shakedown as they need to. And I think that uh, especially now that Google is redesigning its user interface to promote Google Plus more thoroughly and making it sort of a hub for uh, people's um, attention, I think it will gradually. I don't think it's going to, you know, beat out Facebook next year. Right. But I do think that it's going to. People are going to go. No, you know what? This is just not so bad. I kind of like it. Plus, I, they've been adding functionality over the course of the few months it's been open to. It, I think it'll grow. It looks to me like Google Plus's journey is very similar to what I saw on Twitter. Yeah. In that there was a quick rush to kind of <clears throat> check out what this new toy was, and then a very sharp drop off as people thought this isn't what I wanted it to be and they leave and then just slow gains after that until more and more people are using it. I mean, I still have a, several thousand people following me on Google Plus and that's more than I have on Twitter. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's still a very good tool to engage people. Now, granted, a lot of the people who follow me end up looking like they are, um, some sort of bot or something or it's just a, a, an account that's made in order to repost other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing original mm-hmm. in there. You go and you look at the, uh, the, the posts that the person made and they're all shares of some other person's posts. So they're not like anything original. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine complained about that just yesterday, literally. And I think Google has been removing some of those too because my, my follower numbers have been fluctuating. Either that or I'm driving people away, which is also possible. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna negate that. Uh, here's one of my other guesses. Okay. It's just a wild guess. Uh, so in 2012, I think it has to do this for this, for, for it to stay together, but Netflix gets its act together in 2012. Yeah. Which may possibly include letting Reed Hastings go. Wow. Might include that because Reed Hastings, I mean, 2011 was, had a series of missteps for Netflix and Netflix lost a lot of the support and, uh, and admiration in the tech community starting in the summer of 2011 when it announced that it was changing the pricing plans for streaming versus DVD mm-hmm. plus streaming mm-hmm. versus DVD only. And, uh, then, uh, then of course they, alienated even more people when there was the announcement that Netflix was going to split into two different companies where one would just do DVD distribution and the other one would do uh, digital. Uh, And then when they went back on that, they got even more derision, mostly because they're like, well, if you're going to make a stance, at least stick to it. Like you made a choice that I hate, but then you went back to the choice that I hated slightly less. So I hate you more now. I'm like, wait, that what? So, uh, yeah, I think Netflix has been battered around a lot. In some cases, it was, you know, you understandable, at least on the part of the people who are upset. You can understand why they're upset. Yeah. In other cases, I think it might be a, one of those like you just heap more and more abuse on as right. it goes on. Uh, but I think that the company has to do something in 2012 to recapture some of that good faith. That might mean Reed Hastings has to go. Although, personally, I you know, I have no problem with the guy. So I don't, I don't know. But I'm not a shareholder either. I'm not, I'm not a stakeholder in Netflix. So um, I'm not, you know, I don't have much to say about it on that sense. So we'll see. Yeah, I think they actually made some some decent decisions, but made them at a bad time. They made drastic changes to the service when the public was not ready to. And Netflix, Go with those and Netflix is doing some stuff that's similar to things we've seen Apple do in the past yeah. in the mm-hmm. sense that in order to reach the world that Netflix wants us to be in, that being a world where digital distribution is the norm, yeah. uh, in order to reach that world, you have to make some pretty tough sacrifices and force people's hands to adopt to the new model because if you right. don't, no, everyone drags their feet and progress is very slow. Apple does the same thing. When Apple sees the opportunity to support one future technology, but it means that you have to wait for an older technology to die out, Apple just stops supporting the old technology. <laughs> and then they're like, well, here's the thing. We're forcing you now to adopt this. And you might not like it. You might kick and scream. But this, trust us, this is better for you. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is that uh, – Netflix did this and probably didn't do it as smoothly as Apple did or as convincingly. And so uh, they got a lot of, of uh, uh, resistance. Yeah. Plus, Apple is a smaller player in its own market. Yeah. Uh, for computers anyway. Right. And uh, Netflix is the dominant um Digital media digital distribution. Media, yeah. Also, DVD, really, yeah. when you get down to it. Okay, next one for you. Um, 
I'll, okay, I'll, I'll go with one of my my vague ones. Actually, this is probably my most vague one. Um, Facebook will make some huge acquisition that we'll all go, huh, over. Um, Yahoo. <laughs> I don't think it'll be Yahoo, but it's, it's gonna, they're going to acquire somebody, and you're going, what? But what? The, uh, what's that going to do? PepsiCo. Um, yeah, PepsiCo. That'd be interesting. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Facebook, the choice for the new generation. Can I get a Facebook free? No, <laughs> if you want a Facebook, you're going to have to pay for it. You put that Facebook on my tab. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I think, I think they're going to make an, I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, if Google purchased Twitter, you go, oh, yeah, but I mean, you know, social media, and yeah. of course, yeah. you know, but yeah, I think Facebook's, and it may not be somebody that's bad for Facebook. But uh, it's going to be something that we're going to go. But why do you need that? Yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's a loose prediction. But you know, I wouldn't have said if I had said Google would launch a social network in 2011. I mean, sort of along those lines. Well, I mean, like Facebook and Spotify. That was kind of surprising. I mean, yeah. you would imagine like I mean, it wouldn't have been hard to imagine Spotify incorporating the Facebook Connect as a way. Yeah. To connect to Spotify in the United States, but to make it the way is yeah. kind of. Let's, that was unusual. Let's say if, if Facebook gobbled up uh, Twitter, that would be one thing. But I'm yeah. talking like Facebook gobbles up Xerox. And what, you're going, what, what why, if, why on earth why about, would like, you do that? Facebook gobbles up like Hulu or yeah. something. Something like crazy. that. Something unusual. It doesn't yeah. quite make sense. All right. How about um, – here's this one's kind of a gimme in a way. This is the year. 2012 is the year. At E3, we will see the next generation consoles from Microsoft and Sony. Okay. So we'll see the... Considering the, I predicted that two years ago and got my rear end handed to me on a platter. Yeah, two years running, actually. Because uh, I think you I think you predicted it in 2009 <sighs> and in 2010. Uh, I think 2012 is the year. Well, we've heard some rumors already. Mm-hmm. We've heard rumors yeah, that the, the successor to the 360 will have Kinect-like functionality built directly into the console. Yeah. And that it will be even more advanced to be able to do things like to tell what mood you are in or even be able to read your lips. Creepy. Yeah. So there's that rumor. And I've also read rumors that Sony's next um, console, the PlayStation 4 or whatever it might be called, will also contain some sort of Kinect functionality built into it. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, a lot of money being put toward this whole Kinect style of gaming and interaction. Uh, and, and hopefully that will mean that we're going to see even more uh, innovative games and gameplay modes. I think a lot of the games that we've been seeing are just scratching the surface because people are still figuring out how to best use this interface, how to best yeah. leverage it. And that's that's true whenever any new user interface comes out. You know, you, the first few things that come out are kind of interesting, but they're almost more like toys than anything really useful. And then right. as the the technology matures, we start seeing assuming that people adopt it, we start seeing more compelling uh, products. So, yeah, I think at E3 2012, we're going to see at least a preview of the next Microsoft console and the next Sony console. It may may not come out in 2012, but we'll at least get our first preview. Okay. All right. Yeah, I have uh, several game uh, predictions. Okay. Um, I think the one that's closest to that, uh, sticking with my segue idea, would be the, uh, the Wii U, uh-huh. um, which is supposed to come out. Um, I think it's going to be a minor hit. I don't okay. think I think I think it'll sell. The 3DS is actually their sales have been increasing recently, so that's mm. started to climb out of a slump. So maybe Nintendo is like on the upswing of its dip. Yeah, because yeah, I'd say in 2011 it did kind of start to falter Stagnate a little some, bit. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but once um, uh, games for the 3DS started coming out, like the Mario game started coming out for the 3DS, the sales started to improve. So uh, again, Nintendo banking on that intellectual property that has served them so well in the past. So yeah, maybe the Wii U would also have a initial success, especially if they're able to target not just the casual gamers, but the loyal, like hard, more hardcore gamers, not like hardcore in the sense of I need to, you know, there has to be body limbs flying all over the screen for me to buy a game. Right, right. But that, you know, they're the dedicated gamers, the people who, who will spend a lot of time, spend a lot of time and money. Yeah. They'll go out and they'll buy the latest games as they come out. Yeah, I think I think the uh the Wii U will be a hit among a lot of those people, but I don't think it's going to catch on uh as quickly as the Wii itself did when it was released. I don't think there's going to be the the same line. I think it's going to be sort of a similar ad- uh adoption rate as the 3DS where people go, 
yeah, okay, but it's rumored, I don't really have to have that. And it's rumored to be more expensive than yeah. the Wii was when it launched. So that may also, especially if, if again, if that economic uncertainty also means that there's a downturn in general, mm-hmm. then people may be more careful with their money and there may be less consumer spending. And, and that's why I'm saying a lot of the things I'm predicting hinge on the economy. Because mm-hmm. in some cases, companies may say, you know what, we're going to hold off introducing this product line until 2013 and see if maybe the right. economic outlook is better sure. than... Uh, that that sometimes happens. Um, okay, so sticking with Nintendo. Yeah. Here's another crazy prediction. Uh oh. This one, I I I go back and forth on this one. Okay, so Nintendo begins to develop a smartphone. Wow. So the idea that Nintendo decides to get into this, uh, take the next plunge and go into the smartphone realm, either they partner with someone where a very specific partner is going to have access to some of Nintendo's uh, intellectual properties, mm-hmm. or they specifically go into the business of developing a smartphone that is branded with N- Nintendo, where you can buy uh, Nintendo games through the phone's ecosystem, and that it is uh, essentially the next step in their handheld gaming market, because that's where handheld gaming is right now, is in the smartphone market. And if you don't, if you don't, join that, then you might as well just get out of that industry. Okay. The handheld gaming units are, uh, it's harder and harder to sell one of those that doesn't have a phone in it. Okay. Well, that's actually, uh, in contrast with what you were saying a moment ago and, but in more in line with that, I had predicted that, uh, Nintendo is going to need to reduce the price of the 3DS again. And it might, it might even, I mean, the, the sales that kind of bounced up might very well be like end of the year Christmas present kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So those sales figures, I mean to say, not sales like sales prices, but sales figures. Um, it may not be that the 3DS gets widespread adoption like the other Nintendo handheld systems until we see yet another price drop. Right. It's, it was dramatic to see a price drop happen within the first half year of the 3DS being on the shelves. Yeah. I have another one of those coming up that's very similar to that. Okay, well, I have one that this is a question, really. It's not so much a prediction because there's actually a rumor out right now as we record this, which is, again, early December 2011. Right. There's a rumor, and it's been going around for a while, but I've just seen it get traction recently, that the iPad 3 or the successor to the iPad 2, whatever it might be called, if it's the iPad 2 Plus or whatever, that it will have a 3D screen. Wow. So that you'll be able to look at stuff in 3D. That is the rumor. Here's my prediction. I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. And here's, here's my reasoning why I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, it's, it's actually got multiple levels to it. One is that the 3D thing, it's an experience that doesn't, it's not universal. Okay. Yeah. Like there are people who have vision issues or whatever who cannot see the 3D images, uh, it's very easy to get it wrong so that you might, you know, you, if you have to design a screen for someone and you have to make it adjustable, cause if you don't make it adjustable, if you make it, try and make it one size fits all, there are going to be a lot of people where it's not going to be the, the best effect because our eyes are spaced differently, you know? Like my eyes are not as far apart as someone else's eyes and someone else's eyes might be, uh, uh, closer together than my eyes are. And that affects how we would see a screen that has 3D projection in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, Apple would have to design some sort of, of ability to, like the 3DS, to adjust the level of 3D so that you could get it just right without giving yourself a migraine trying to stare at this thing. But ultimately, the number one thing that I think suggests that a 3D screen is not a good idea for an iPad is the interface. Mm-hmm. The interface is a touch screen interface. Why would you create a, that's a two dimensional interface, right? Yeah, that's true. Why would you have a two dimensional interface to interact with a three dimensional screen? Yeah, you would need like an iPad cube. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Even if you were to include the camera so that the camera sees you, mm-hmm, sure. you would have to figure out how to teach the, the processor to understand depth and you would have to learn the depth. So like if I have a three dimensional virtual environment, then that means I can, I can stack that data in lots of different ways. Mm -hmm. But if my interface is still a touchscreen, I can effectively only put it horizontally and vertically. I can't go deep because there's no way to select that data. How do I select something that's in the background versus the foreground in that case? Um, I think it's just too 
clunky. It doesn't make sense. Uh, the only way it would make sense is if you were just doing it for the effect of watching media. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to watch a 3D movie on your iPad, I think that that doesn't make sense financially to put that kind of uh, uh, investment in for something that's so limited in functionality. Right. So it may very well turn out that I'm wrong and maybe – and Apple, of course, is very good at, at designing things that, that work in ways I did not anticipate. Mm-hmm. I mean the iPad is the perfect example of that. But based upon what I know about 3D tech and especially glasses-free 3D tech and based upon uh, the interface that the iPad uses, I just don't see it being – a thing. So I'm going to say that the iPad 3 or 2S or whatever it's going to be called will not have a glasses-free 3D screen included. Yeah. Now I have seen, uh, additional rumors that the, uh, the screen will have a higher resolution. Yeah. Than, than it previous might, models, might go to a retina sort of a, display. It's sort of a gimme. Yeah. I think. Um, people have been wanting that since the first iPad. As yeah. soon as iPad, iPhone 4 came out with the retina display, people were hoping that the iPad 2 would sport the same thing. Now, of course, it did not. But now there are hopes that the, the next generation iPad will have a retina display. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, over the past couple of years, Jonathan has made a couple predictions that, uh, you know, where he was really going out on a limb and, 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 uh, turned out, you know, remember the iPad? Yeah. The big failure it was going to be? Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway, so anyway, I decided to go ahead and, and, and do one of my own, uh, where this, this, I could very easily get T-boned on this one. Okay. Uh, there have been rumors that Apple is coming out with televisions. Yep. And I think, I do think that's eventually going to happen. I think they're moving in to compete with people like Sony and Samsung and LG. But I don't think you're going to see the first ones come out in 2012. Okay. I disagree. Yeah. Apple's see, going to come out with its first Apple TV in 2012. Yeah. A real Apple TV, not yes. an Apple TV, which not, exists, not, but yeah. it's not an Apple an TV. An actual television with Apple <laughs> functionality built into it. Not yeah. a set-top box. It's built into the television unit itself. Yeah. So I, I say, say no. that comes out in 2012. Okay. That was one of my predictions. Awesome. So uh, – We very rarely do that since we, we work independently on this. I don't so. necessarily feel – strongly about it again, but yeah. I, I'm willing I'm I'm willing to put my neck out on that one. So uh yeah, one of us will be right and one of us will be wrong, which means that one of us will get a blender and the other one will get a uh a puppy. All right then. Yeah. Um so was the, was that your prediction there? Or sure. should yeah. I go again? Okay. Well how many more do you have left? Uh Lots? well I don't I have a handful. I've got a few as well. So okay. we can we can keep going back and forth. Sort of a related thing, um I, I predict that new Google TV products will be coming out, and, okay. and no one will care. Yeah, I I have no disagreement there. I think Google TV, I think it launched too early. It launched too early with not enough features, and so it got a very kind of lackluster response. And it's going to be really difficult to fight that off. Even if Google comes out with a truly compelling product to fight off the first impression people had that Google television was kind of a, well, this isn't what I was expecting. It doesn't feel like it's what I was promised. Right. Uh, I think even if Google comes out with the perfect product now, it would be an uphill battle because people already have that impression that's just not what they want. Yeah. And I think, I think these products also are sort of like DVRs. I mean, people never really rushed out to buy themselves a TiVo or other stuff. But, I mean, people have been adopting them. But it's sort of that under-the-radar yeah, like thing. A, it's definitely like the perfect example of the long have. tail. Yeah. You know, it's really a long tail product where you'd have a few early adopters and their word of mouth was enough to perpetuate sales. But the sales weren't huge all in a uh, – they weren't front-loaded. They were just kind of spread out. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, here's one for me. At least one – of the big daily deal sites will mm-hmm. go under. Okay. At least one. So these are things like Living Social, Groupon, Scout Mob. Uh, Google has its own version. Google versions. Deals. Google Deals, you know. Uh, so we're going to, I think at least one of those is going to collapse because there's so, the, the market's flooded. There's so many of them that I don't think it can sustain all of them together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. I have one. Uh-huh. Uh, Apple will not announce NFC for an iPhone. We won't have near field communications. I think, I think it's probable that Google Wallet will slowly grow 
sort of the same thing as, as that what we were just talking about. I just don't think people care right now here in the United States about yeah. near field communication. And I don't think the iPhone, I don't think Apple's going to rush out to, uh, to meet Google on that field of battle yet. I think part of it is that more and more, uh, emphasis in the tech world anyway, not necessarily on the individual consumer, but in the tech world is on, uh, distribution centers like Amazon. Yeah. So it's going further away from the, the point of sale retail shops in the first place. So making that point of sale thing easier doesn't really, a lot of people that there's no validity to that because that's not their shopping experience. Right. Or at least in the tech world, that's how it seems. Now, like again, from the average consumer who is going out and shopping for Christmas presents, maybe that's not the case. Maybe they are the person who hits those brick and mortar stores over mm-hmm. and over again, in mm-hmm. which case they might really welcome near field communications solutions. Uh, how about, uh, Microsoft Windows tablets will debut to modest results. Okay. Like they're not gonna, they're not gonna take a big chunk out of the tablet, uh, market. I, I think, I think iPhone, the, the iPad will still be firmly in the lead. I think Android will be in second and Windows might take third. Mm-hmm. It might actually overtake all those touchpads that were sold <laughs> in late 2011. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually I had written this down on the predictions episode and I didn't move it over to my predictions list for 2012. I think HP's going to do something useful with WebOS. I think it may actually even hang on to it. So you think they're reversing what, uh, Leo said back in, uh, uh, the former CEO of yeah. HP said back in, in tw- the summer of 2011 where, uh, HP was supposedly going to get out of the consumer uh, computer business as well as halt developing web OS. And now both of those statements seem to be, um, well, seem to be in question. Yeah. Now that the announcement may come by the end of 2011. Yeah. But I think, I think they're going to real well. A lot of people said, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Um, and I do think, although the, the tablets weren't selling before the discounts, um, I think the price had more to do that with that than the web OS part did. Okay, so I think 2012 is going to be the swan song for the compact disc. Hmm. I think that we're going to see lots of companies cut way back on manufacturing discs and start to rely more on digital distribution as their primary means of getting music out to customers. For DVDs or just CDs? CDs. Okay. Uh, I think DVDs still have a little way to go, mostly because... um, it's a lot, it's still easier for someone to download a CD than it is for them to, you can stream movies pretty easily. Yeah. Downloading a film though requires that you have more space and a faster connection to do it in a way that has a good experience for the consumer. So I think, okay. I think we're not quite there yet. I mean, most, most of our listeners are probably there. Like most of our listeners are probably in the, the group of people who have the kind of connections and, and, uh, equipment where downloading a film wouldn't be a huge deal, but for the vast majority of people out there, the 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 big audience that you have to aim for, because that's where your money's going to be. I don't think they're there yet, but they are there as far as CD sales go. So, I think CDs aren't going to disappear, mm-hmm. but I think they're going to be more rare, and that uh, you'll more likely have to buy things through some sort of digital distribution, either iTunes or Amazon or uh, directly from whatever the music label is. Okay. Or even the band in some cases, because we may, we may, this may be the beginning of the end for, uh, the major labels as we recognize them yeah. now. Yeah. They'll still, I think, be around. I just don't think that they'll be as big a, a power player as they were in the decades past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, since this is, I, I don't really have a good segue for this one, so I'll throw out my uh, left field thing. Okay. I think that uh, Canonical, the manufacturers of uh, several different flavors of Linux, um, will ditch Unity as the main interface for Ubuntu because it has gone over like a lead the, balloon. The biggest lead balloon of all lead balloons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, there's not a lot of love for it. I, I think they, they may try to refurbish it, but I think they may, uh, go back to gnome as the main nomenclature for, for it. Um, of course it's easy. It's easy enough to, uh, to choose it. And, that, and that's something that I read recently in a, in a critique of the new interface. Um, you know, it's, it's not like, 
anybody has to stick with Unity. You can go with uh, any number of other interfaces pretty easily. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, there's there's been so much uh, complaint about it. I think that they're going to go with something else, uh, or or com- you know maybe completely overhaul. But I'm going to say for the official prediction that they're going to ditch it. Gotcha. Um, so what's next? I only have one left. Okay. Uh, out of my official predictions, unless I think of some while we're talking. Okay. Um, and this one, uh, it's, it's, it's such a lame one. I don't know why I chose this as the last one. Uh, but I, you know, we got another, uh, election year coming up. Yeah. Uh, I think that tech is going to play the biggest role ever in election history this year. That wasn't a gimme. I know. That's what I said. It was lame. I was like, you know, the more I wrote this down, the more I'm like, and water is wet. <laughs> so it already has. So you know what? Started. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna really even next year. I'm not gonna count that. I mean, normally I would win at least a donkey or an elephant out of that one, but mm-hmm. I think uh, I think that one's such a gimme that you know people who people who would be visiting our planet for the first time would be able to tell you that within five minutes of no- looking around. So yeah. Okay, I have. Well, I have several, but I, a couple of them I'm just going to ditch. Um, I have four left, I think, that um, that I want to keep going with. Okay. Uh, one is that uh, now keeping in mind this, it's been out for a short time. So even though it released in 2011, I'm going to say that in 2012, the Kindle Fire will be a hit. Okay. I think it's I think it's going to do really well over the next year. So um, so you're, you're calling it like a true success. Yeah, like a true you know success. What? I think it might be the first um, – I, th- I agree with you. I think it might be the first non-iPad to truly succeed in the market. I mean, we've yeah. got lots of other non-iPad tablets out there, but I don't think any of them have been hailed as a true success. Yeah. I like, mean, even, Motorola Zoom did okay, yeah. and HP's touchpad did okay once they were that, lowered yeah, the that price. That I don't count. You don't count that. That's a fluke <laughs> because of the pricing. That doesn't mean anything. People would have bought anything at a hundred dollars if it were in a tablet format. Probably, yeah. like you know, if it was a Windows Seven tablet for a hundred bucks, that uh-huh. it probably would have gone out and rushed out and bought those. Um, uh, but yeah, I think that the 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 Kindle Fire has the potential to be the 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 number two tablet. Mm-hmm. Like if you're talking about specific models, yeah. Because uh, again, the Android tablet space is so diverse that mm-hmm. it's hard for any one kind of tablet to get true success in that field because there's yeah. just so many different ones and you know it requires that the consumer be informed about his or her choice right you know when you go if you just know what a tablet is and you know what android is but you don't know anything beyond that going mm-hmm. into a store and shopping for android tablets is maddening because there's so many different kinds and you don't necessarily know which ones are really going to be good versus um, some that are just going to be slow and unresponsive and and maybe running Android 1.6. <laughs> it's true. So, um, And related to that, I, I say that – and there's been speculation that the Kindle Fire will cause Apple to lower prices of the iPad. I say no. I don't think, I don't think they're going to do it. No, Apple is – has traditionally been sort of that premium – Kind of uh, uh, product, market. especially since Steve Jobs came back. Yeah, I mean, there's they aimed for that niche. Yeah, that was that was what that's kind of their corporate identity. They're yeah. not known for marking down prices in the face of competition. They're they're known for just pouring even more effort into innovation and marketing and convincing people that whatever it is they're coming out with is what you have to have. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I've heard people talk about how. The market forces like netbooks were supposed to bring down Mac prices. Yeah. You know, that was the big thing. They didn't really do that either. No. Now, granted, you could also say that, well, Apple keeps coming out with more advanced hardware and then marketing it for the same price as the previous generation hardware. Mm -hmm. So in a way, prices are kind of falling, sort of, but not in the traditional sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then let's see. I said that uh, Windows will release to sort of lackluster adoption, um, and that's twofold. I think it suffers from the same problem that Lion does for for the Mac OS in that it's got a very different interface. And yes, yeah. before you write me, I know you can change it. It's is it Metro? Is the that Metro? Going? Yeah, yeah, it's going to the Metro interface yeah. for uh, those of you who don't know. Is the interface for the the Windows eight portable. 
devices. And Windows 7 portable yeah, stuff that's out there now. You see on there, if you've seen commercials where the little colorful boxes on the phones, that's what the uh, Windows 8 u- user interface is supposed to look like for computers. Yeah, which which would work can, great if you have a touchscreen yeah. monitor. But if you don't have a touchscreen monitor, there are some people who suggest that that particular way of organizing data is not really that intuitive because you can't navigate through it as as uh, easily. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one of the big things that we've talked about with that we're planning on doing a user interface uh, podcast at some point where we talk about the design of a user interface and what goes into that because there's so much more beyond just technical uh, specs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know we've seen like kids pick up an iPad and it just they they learn how to m- navigate that iPad really quickly. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things that's just very intuitive. Yeah. So kids intuitively can figure out how to navigate these things. So there is a uh, uh, there is a a, an urge to move toward that because everyone's like, well, this this is there's something here. It's just it's it's almost magical, Mm -hmm. like to to use a Apple type phrase. But when you get it to a desktop modality where there's no. There's not necessarily a touchscreen part of the interface. It's not nearly as intuitive because you're navigate you're not navigating it the same way you would if it were, say, a touchscreen tablet. Yeah, and and here's the thing. I mean, yes, you can you can operate Windows 8 in that mode or in a more traditional mode, but they've been marketing it as using the the Metro stuff on, on that initial thing. Look what you can do here. Um, I think if they continue marketing Metro as the primary interface, people are going to be a little put off by that, and they suffer from another problem. Windows 7 is really good. Yeah. Um, and people have been adopting it now. It's, it's you know, surpassed Vista in adoption at this point. Um, and I think now that XP is going out, I think people are just going to go with Windows 7, unless, you know, Microsoft completely makes it unavailable. Yeah, this is kind of crazy, because when it, you, you think, about, think about how long XP stuck around. Yeah. Yeah, ten years, mm-hmm. ten years of XP, and then because you know, it works. And then what happened was people did not like Vista, yeah. or enough people did not like Vista for it to be a problem. And uh, and then Windows Seven came around and seemed to be a big improvement. It does seem weird to go from Windows Seven to Windows Eight so relatively quickly. Yeah, when you look at how long there was a uh, a. A pause from Windows XP to Windows Vista. Yeah. And yes, there were other versions of Windows that came out between those, but we're talking about mass adoption here. Yeah. Yeah. So I think. And and mass adoption and and actual like personal computers as opposed to web servers and things like that. So I just don't think it's going to take off. Okay. Um, And my my last one, I'm going to go with my gimme for the last one. Uh, Blizzard will release Diablo 3 and it will become a massive hit. Wow. That was yeah. a gimme. Here, uh, I gotta get it. I gotta get a, a demon or something out of that. So, I predict. I predict that there will be uh, water a, will be dra- wet. <laughs> a dramatic increase in people complaining about right index finger pain. <laughs> That's entirely possible. Directly as a result uh, of Blizzard, uh, Blizzard's Di- Diablo three releasing. I, I, uh, it's gonna be a hit. Yeah, I didn't make any other predictions about any other game titles that I think might come out in next year because that that's well, Grand Theft Auto Five comes out. Oh, that'll be exciting to see. I yeah. think that'll be a big success. Oh I mean, yeah, it's yeah, I think that's so. also another gimme. People have been eager for that. But uh, okay, so here's my final final prediction. Oh, so you came up with a note? Last prediction. Okay, okay, has nothing to do with tech. I'm done. I predict this time next year we will be making a prediction show for 2013. <laughs> And we will ignore the fact that the Mayan calendar is coming at an end <laughs> and that we will just assume that the world will continue going on and that we will have to predict stuff to happen in 2013. All right. So, um, yeah, for those of you who were, you know, planning on just living it up in 2012 because it was going to be the final year uh, ever, I don't think so. So, all right. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. That Those are our predictions for 2012 in the world of technology. If you guys have any of your own predictions you would like to share or you have any other questions or suggestions for topics you would like us to cover in future episodes, let us know. Send us an email. That address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com or drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle there is techstuffhsw. And Chris and I will talk to you again in the future. 
Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House of Work staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House of Works iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.